1: Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in NXT podcast. Like always, it is I, your host, Jacob Lawrence, coming to you live and direct on a Saturday, which can only mean one thing. It is your Saturday morning audio dope brought to you by the podcast tag team champions of the world, baby. World, Greg. And like always, I got my co-host, the tag team partner, the man who's just coming off a glorious celebration of his birthday, Mr. Cedric Welton. How you doing today?
0: Feeling good, feeling one year better, one year wiser, bigger, faster, stronger, all that good stuff. Um, man, that was a good episode. Of NXT I had a great birthday. Everything was, was marvelous, man. And before we go any further, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't say happy Freedom Day. Happy Juneteenth to everybody who celebrated Juneteenth yesterday. Continue to celebrate it throughout the entire weekend. And you know the drill. Uh, this is a movement, not a moment.
1: Exactly, because if one thing that black people will do, we will turn a birthday, a anniversary, any kind of thing that we can turn into a celebration, we'll make it last a week. And this is something we should celebrate for a week. And if you're new to Juneteenth, it's okay. There's no judgment here. At some point, everybody was new to the concept of Juneteenth. There's a great bit from Blackish that involves the roots explaining Juneteenth. So if you need a little bit of knowledge, a little backstory, go check that out. And like I said, it's a movement, not a moment. Black Lives Matter. There's, like always, going to be a link in the show description with various resources. I might update it and throw in some Juneteenth information for you guys as well. And speaking of Black Lives Matter, as we're recording this, I'm watching a Premier League match, and they have Black Lives Matter across the back of all the jerseys. So awesome. there you go. Awesome. There we go. Even the Brits get it, even though they have their own problems. But hey, there we go. And like you said, it was a great um, episode of NXT. Very jam-packed. We talked about it in the preview show on Wednesday, how we had two tag team title matches. We were expecting something with Cole. And we we got a good bit. I think we got our money's worth.
0: Yeah. Um, Completely blindsided by how much we got. In this entire episode when they were only really promoting the tag matches, but we we got a little bit of everything. We know every direction they're trying to go with with most of these characters now.
1: Yeah, uh, it's clear, laid out. There's like a few things like Timothy Thatcher, but that's new as far as all the major players and heavy hitters. Everything is should be relatively crystal clear or at least we have an idea which way we're going.
0: And that's and that's all we asked for, is clear-cut directions. Um, but, I mean, I am i can't... I was very impressed by this episode. Not only just the promos, the direction, but the in-ring work was great, too.
1: It was, and no better place to kick it off than the start, which had some quality in-ring work. The NXT Tag Team titles were on the line. The champs, Imperium. Defended the belts against Brizongo, and which is weird for a tag team or for a title match. The champs came out first,
0: and I think that was by design. <laughs> I think <laughs> that was by design because we know um, how Brizongo came into the ring this week. Um, and honestly, like we were just talking about this before we we hit record, and that they need to do that all the time. If that's going to be their troll job for Imperium. I'm with it. Like they put the bass behind it, Fabio and Marsupio. Um, it was one of their more toned down interests that we've seen from Brazango, but it was hilarious all the all the all the uh, while. Wow. Um, should should they just mock their opponents' interests from now on? Yeah, I I don't see why not.
1: Because imagine them mocking the Punjabi Punishers. Oh my god!
0: <laughs> and if they had like a fake Malcolm Bivens
1: oh god that'd be great just to get bivens and his responses that would be great but yeah they threw some bass on that and for it it took me a second to realize what was going on because i was like are we just looping imperium's music right now and i was like oh there's a little bit of bass and yeah bravo to breeze and fandango bravo gold gold i mean
0: you said you wanted more comedy for them they gave it to us. Exactly. So, I mean, I can't complain. I mean, I still want the fashion files. Don't get me wrong. But if they're doing stuff like this just to keep it fresh. Here for it. Here for it all the d- all day, every single week. Um, how'd you feel about the match, though?
1: I enjoyed it. It wasn't the best I've seen from them. But it wasn't sloppy by any means. I just feel like there was another level that they could have hit. And given all the interference, I think they kind of didn't hit that level just so that you can have it when you come back to it at Say a Takeover,
0: right? And by, and you called the interference. You said there was going to be something between the other tag teams, and I feel like that was such a a cop out to not give it get a definitive uh victor here. But obviously, you want to keep the titles on Imperium a little bit longer. But what like what's the what's the motive? Like what's the motive for Indu Share to come down? And interrupt the match. And then, why are Loken and Birch even making the save? Like, why do you guys care?
1: <laughs> well, the motive for Indu's share is because there, Bivens is like, nah, nah, you skipped us. Like, we've been here. Bivens' whole thing was like, oh, I'm coming for those belts. So, you know, he just wanted to be known that, hey, I want these belts. And since you got a number one contenders match out of nowhere when you guys haven't been here, I'm going to ruin your moment.
0: But have they really been here? <laughs> I
1: I'm yeah. just telling you what Evans yeah. would tell us. I mean, they wrestled like what two matches maybe?
0: Three at the most. Three very mid matches we, we'd probably agree on. So it's like they do you guys really deserve a title match?
1: No. I feel like that's offensive to mid to call those matches mid, but I see what you're saying.
0: Okay, yeah, you're you're right. I I I retract that statement. <laughs> three, three, subpar, four matches. But um, it, I guess I guess the point is they're still trying to flesh out the, that character work with these two guys, and more FaceTime does that. But, I mean, even without the interference, they would just give Bivens more backstage promos or things of that nature. Um, that would paint the picture of who these guys are supposed to be. We know who Lorcan and Birch are, and you can make the argument that they were more deserving of – uh, a title match with everything that was going on But they lost a triple threat I'm, My thing is this man um, And it's cool that they're trying to um, Do more of the tag team division More tag team wrestling Right now But they gotta get the better tag teams Back in the fold somehow They gotta get grizzled young veterans back Because they were the rightful number one contenders Before COVID right
1: yeah, but those champs aren't around anymore, so it's like, hey, you wouldn't number one contenders to them. Uh, they don't have the belts anymore. True, true. Oh man. And we're in a holding pattern because we are still in COVID-19, and Florida's out here with the trap jumping into the Not 3,000s. Like <laughs>
0: Arizona has eclipsed you guys, unfortunately.
1: Hey, man, don't, don't worry. We'll we'll take it back tomorrow. Like, I was leaving work the other day, and I took one of my boys to um, one of the high schools here that he coaches at. And I'm looking across the road, and I'm like, why the hell is traffic, like, backed up in this one lane? I was like, hazard lights are on. I'm like, is a funeral coming? It's like, I see a couple cops sitting off to the side. And then later I was like, oh, I saw a post there like, oh, COVID testing is on Mayhand. I was like, oh, wow. Like, it had to be about a good half mile backed up. Damn. Yeah. So yeah, it don't worry, Florida's gonna eclipse everybody and take that back because we're Florida and we have beaches and all that other stuff. True. And we don't like being told what to do. <laughs> But me, I'm gonna be smart and stay in the house, with the exception of going to work.
0: Doing a little bit of the same.
1: But yeah, back to the tag teams. Um, Indu did
0: Share, you, go ahead. I was gonna say, did you notice? Because um, this 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 tag team work is coming off the heels of uh, Viking profits. But did you notice the subliminal shot that AEW sent to WWE?
1: No, I haven't watched AEW this week.
0: Okay, so they had they had like oh uh, what felt like their whole show was tag matches. <laughs> 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 what what felt like there was a couple maybe one there's a women's match, a singles match with Cody Rhodes, tag match in the beginning, tag match at the end, like all the tag mat, all the tag teams were featured in that very first match, but I think there was at least three tag matches on the show. So yeah, I was um that good old subliminal shot. <laughs> like, hey, we, we know how to do tag team wrestling right.
1: We can argue that their tag division has been a little underwhelming, but you know what? We'll save that for another day. Maybe another show. Maybe. There's a slight tease for you.
0: Yeah, it's, it'd be a good compare. The apples and oranges there I made, um, There's not much character development in their tag team division, but they use them.
1: True, true. And speaking of usage, that's kind of what Birch and Lorcan were there for. It's the whole, the heels are jumping up on the baby face. Let me go help my fellow baby faces. Also, I have a legit bone to pick with Imperial because, you know, we want those belts. So it was less of a let me help you and more of a let me get one off. And in the process, I unintentionally help you. Mm, right. I feel that. So, you know, the whole enemy of my enemy is my friend bit.
0: Which seems like it's happening a lot this year.
1: Hey, can't beat them. Join with somebody else so you can try to beat them. But yeah, it's... Now, the question is, how do you untwine all this? Because I said on the preview, you would go... Breezango with Indu Share, and that leaves Burch and Lorkin. The scenario didn't quite play out like I described, so I'm not sure if we're actually going to go that route. Hmm. Maybe you just let all four just battle it out together.
0: I think you're going to have to do that because that might be the easiest way um, to get a new champion if that's what they want.
1: All right. And if you do that, who are you putting
0: the belts on? So here's the thing. <clears throat> I think this, I don't think Bruzango needs the titles at all, but it would help validate their, their serious push or serious play. Um, if they eventually get the points at belts at some point, even if it's, they're just transitional champions.
1: Oh, I know that word was coming.
0: <sighs> Wouldn't even you if mean- they're just transitional, I feel like if you got to you- pull the trigger.
1: If you want to go transitional, wouldn't you rather put it on Birch and Lorkin?
0: Uh, <sighs> hmm. Um. Okay, I hate that I'm about to say this because I've su- been super advocating for them to get a title run, title push. It's starting to feel like Birch and Lorkin are going to always be the bridesmaid, never the bride. Ooh. That, that's what it's starting to feel like. Which is not fair at all. I mean, and maybe they can get a a title run with the NXT UK uh, belts.
1: Wouldn't be bad.
0: I Like, as soon as things opened up, I shipped them right on over. Right. Uh, but it seems like they're um, kind of filling a void due to the lack of tag team depth right now. And we they might actually not pull the trigger. Because I don't know if you can really work around them as tag team champs right now in the middle of COVID because they're one of those tag teams that is like fueled by the fans. Yeah.
1: The one and the two.
0: Yeah. And I think you got to have a tag team. That's not only going to help you aesthetically with promos and everything like that each week, but also reinforce what they do on social media and have a strong social media following. Now, I, I know I said that, only Lorkin's Twitter account is elite <laughs> and it has been for the greater part of the past year and some change, but he out here that takes two, takes two. Is, is Danny Birch a, a fun follow? Does he add any credibility to you in social media as well? Which is why, and I'm jumping ahead just a little bit. They're teasing this Velveteen Dream Dexter Loomis pairing because it's, it's odd and people will talk about it. And it's the Velveteen
1: Dream. Oh, I don't want this odd couple as. But I mean, Booker
0: T and Gold Dust.
1: I figured that was coming at some point.
0: Kane and Daniel Bryan. Not quite the same. Yeah, not. Yeah, not physically, but you get what I'm saying. Like it these, is, these tag team pairings that make no sense that somehow always work. Yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, after this tag team match, of course, we got the the mosh posh tag teams attacking each other after the match. Um, Imperium ended up retaining, then we cut to an interview with the Velveteen Dream, and the Velveteen Dream doesn't want to talk about um, losing his shots at the um, world title. He said he has no memory, no recollection of that. Um, while they're talking about what's next And Dexter Loomis sneaks a photo on the couch Of them drawing in carecatcher form With NXT tag team titles So I think we we talked I talked a little bit about this in one of the past two pods This is, this is foreshadowing Like it's going to happen Because it's like you're not just going to Keep gold away from Velveteen Dream And we already Saw Like how I guess how invested they were in the Broser weights from a promo merchandise standpoint. And then, of course, Riddle gets called up. This is going to be Broser weights 2.0. They, 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 we, WWE hates tag teams They don't like real tag teams. They're going to make singles guys tag team champions, guaranteed.
1: Yeah, but this makes sense, though. And I can't believe those words just came out my mouth. But this makes sense in the whole concept of you have about three months. Maybe four of these two being intertwined and saving each other to the point where it's like, all right, you know what? You two are just friends and stuck together. You're the odd couple. Why not be tag team? Why not be an actual tag team? And also, you ain't got shit else to do with Velveteen Dream. That's is <laughs> like, true. See, that or the main roster. And if he goes to the main roster. Bye-bye. Yeah, we can go ahead and just start the clock until he's released.
0: Release is a strong word. Um, Definitely not released. He'll, He'll swim. It just won't be any, there'll be nothing interesting he's involved in. He'll swim for two months if he's lucky, and then they'll forget about
1: him. And then they'll be like, ah, we don't know what to do with him. And then it's like, well, can we send him back to NXT? And it's like, eh? And then it's like, well, his contract's up. It's like, huh? Yeah, let's let him go.
0: It's just a shame that uh, Raw and SmackDown call-ups are like so hated now.
1: I mean, Bianca Belair. And this literally read a report where it's like, oh, creative has nothing to do with her. And I'm like, yeah how i read that same report how how do you figure they're like she didn't fit with the david busters invitational so we have nothing to do with her
0: Uh? i'm trying to read that in a positive light and think like okay maybe you feel like you have nothing to do except push her to the moon and you don't want to do it yet so let's not have her on television because i think it's the same thing for shannon baszler it's like okay, we have to push her all the way. And we're not ready to do that yet because we're not created enough to write it. So we're just going to kick her off TV, which is stupid. It's dumb as hell. And we talk about this damn near every week. It's like the reason why NXT is so good is because you have those secondary, uh, even in other cases, like two or three other feuds away from the belt. Like, not everything has to revolve around the, the title in the women's division, hence why we have the women's tag team titles. But just having those grudge matches, like, come on. Tell me you can't have a Bianca Belair, uh, Charlotte Flair, Bianca Belair, Nia Jax feud just just there? So it's not like y'all putting on bangers of pay-per-views that you can't squeeze that in. <laughs> Like, let's, let's let's think about it. Like which which match could we have just taken off of uh, backlash completely and had another women's match?
1: Um, fair enough. Uh, what could we have taken off? Oh, I don't know. Maybe Mighty Morphin Ninja Turtles.
0: There we go. I mean, it was hilarious. It's funny. I mean, but your 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 diehards and wrestling purists probably want something meaningful. Not um, seven foot three black ninjas.
1: Like, where did you find this man? But yeah, it's just um, you could easily do Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler, and like make that a de facto number no one contender thing. But
0: you you know. Bianca Belair and Natty, there's so many people you can have her work with just to just to get the character seen. Dropping the ball, all types. of, All types of ugly dropping the ball here. Yep. But hey, welcome to WWE.
1: So, Devil Team Dream, Dexter Loomis likely to somehow end up in this tag team title picture in the coming months once you shake out this little four-way. And, okay, I'll tune in for the odd couple. At least the promos and backstage bits will be entertaining. I hope.
0: I hope. If not, you got a heel turn waiting to happen. With which character? That's the crazy thing there. Which character is going to be the one to throw the stone?
1: Does it matter? And hopefully it's Velveteen because if we're going to be, if we're going to keep it a buck, he's starting to get a little stale. Ooh. Like I can't quite make croutons out of this bread, but give it a couple more days. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn is he getting stale? think about it you talk about birch and lorkin being the bridesmaids this man is a lifetime bridesmaid
0: wow you know what that that's something that i'm gonna I'm save that i'm gonna save that because that's something that we could spend so much time on um don't want to do a sidebar today but we're gonna save that cause that's that's definitely a hot conversation to have
1: I mean, look, I could have called him Cuban bread because if you know anything about Cuban bread, that thing's good for like two days and then it just turns into a weapon. So he's just, he's like that bread you get from like a local bakery. It's, you're feeling good and you eat it. It's like, oh, yeah, this is a little stale. I probably got a couple more days out of this before I have to like make bread pudding or something out of it. So there you go. I just called it Compare the Velveteen Dream to bread and bread pudding. Wow. Welcome to Believe in the Next Tea if you're new here
0: which you shouldn't be new here, but, um, yeah. Um, next up, <laughs> we had, <laughs> <Stumped> him, baby, <laughs> we had Damian Priest uh, taking on a returning Killian Dane who Jacob are elated to see, um, for the first time in like, what seems like months. Um, one, I'm just going to go right into this, man. I'm, I'm happy as hell to see Damian Priest actually back in action. Cause they brought him back as this big monster, right? Mm-hmm. And you would think I can't believe I'm going to say this name. You would think that he was going to take over like that Lars Sullivan role on this brand because he used to fight Lars and all that. But um, he came back and he was kind of in a North American title picture. Then they led with uh, Dijakovic and Keith Lee and Priest. And we never saw the man again. Um, yeah.
1: We do if he was hurt.
0: Like Yeah. Nothing. No, nothing. Um. Look good this match. Match that I think he should have totally won. That there was validation of him winning because Damian Priest is flexing the back injury from falling on those steps at uh, Takeover in your house, showing that he's hurt. The back was getting worked on the whole damn match. <laughs> but my man took an L. Like, I get you want to make Damian Priest look good, but why did it have to be at the expense of? Killian Dane. It could have easily been one of the Black Jobber Elite. It could have been so many other characters that uh, could have took this L than like a returning Killian Dane.
1: Yeah, but the thing is one, there's history with Priest and Dane. So remember they had that triple threat with Pete Dunne at TakeOver Survivor Series weekend. So you have the history and then two Like you just said, Killian Dane, when he came back to NXT, was just whooping everybody's ass, left and right. Just coming through, wrecking shop. So it's like, all right, the Beast from Belfast, he's back. It's a credible name because if Damian Priest was to get the Black Jobber lead representative of the week out of here in like two minutes, it's like, okay. Like, we know he's out of here in two minutes. Like, why are we even surprised? And then it's like, Bronson Reed, you haven't done anything with him enough to establish him. There's, like, no other name on the roster that has credibility because you're building toward a Priest versus Cameron Grimes match. So.
0: I hate that we're actually insinuating that Cameron Grimes has credibility, but go ahead. He has a
1: win over Finn Balor that I called. And he went the distance and put on a banger with Finn Balor. He ain't get squashed.
0: Please don't do this to me on Juneteenth. Like, <laughs> please,
1: please. No, no, you know what? Just, just take a second with your thoughts. I'm gonna let you get it off, and just, just, you know, I'm not even gonna do it to you. I'm, I'm gonna let you. Here's your moment. I always promise you a moment just to get some stuff off your chest. So take about a minute or two and get some stuff off your chest with Cameron Grimes, and I'll chime right back no, in in we a have second. To,
0: we have to talk about him. <sighs> We have to talk about him later. We, I, don't I mean, we got to talk about
1: him now because he, you know, had his bit with Priest's uh challenger. So before we dive into that, just go ahead and get, your, get it off about Cameron Grimes real quick. I, I, I'm going to sit right here in silence for a couple of minutes. Just be He's like,
0: so boring. Like, why? We had How much time did we spend on Cameron Grimes last week? Because he had the... Just why? Why do we have to do this every single week? Needless to say, this is a complete sidebar, but one thing I like about Killian Dane is that he effectively does the Vader bomb. If you don't know who Vader is, go look up Big, Big, Big Van Vader. Um, I hate seeing little guys do the Vader bomb. Looking at you, uh, Jake Hager, aka Jack Swagger, hate seeing him do it. Um, hopefully, we get more matches from Killian Dane in the future that he actually goes over in. He had a moment with Robert Stone where he knocked him off the plexiglass because he's drunk and still distraught over losing Chelsea Green, who we haven't seen in weeks. Um, Yeah. All this to say that the WWE NXT powers be Sean, Triple H road dog. You guys think it's a great plan to have a feud between Cameron Grimes and Damian Priest and have this ideology that we actually care. (laughs) <laughs> like, I I I want Damien Priest to be successful but him going over Cameron Grimes does nothing for me because I expect it to happen.
1: So you really going to be upset when Cameron Grimes goes over, huh?
0: Don't 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 poison my mind with that nonsense. <laughs> there's there's no oh goddamn I don't want to say there's no way cuz when it does I'm going to be really mad. <laughs> You know, I'm not gonna do it
1: to you today. I'm not gonna do it to you today. Birthday was the other. You know, birthday was the other day. I'm not gonna do it to you. Gave you a um, moment to
0: get your thoughts off. That was my birthday gift to you. You know what? So let's just go ahead. Later on the show, we see that Damon Priest is trying to leave Full Sail or the perform, actually the Performance Center and the nice car that he drove up in. I don't know if that was a a Challenger. Yeah, um, looked like
1: a Hellcat Challenger.
0: Okay. Yeah, so nice black-on-black black challenger. Um, tires are slashed. And then Cameron Grimes comes up in a, in a white car. looks like a run to me. Um, Passes by in a white car um, and says, oh, do you need me to call you an Uber? <laughs> As he drives off. Um, so we know that Cameron Grimes slashes tires. Um, I'll give Cameron Grimes credit here. He is good at being this chicken shit heel. He's good at that. The guy that doesn't really want confrontation, cowers and then fights reluctantly. Um, sure. So my only thing about this about this feud and yeah, we want secondary feuds throughout um, the card each week is like, what what do you gain? What What do you win by becoming victorious in this feud?
1: You gain a leg up in the quest for the North American title. This is how you build up contenders to a secondary title. By putting them in a treasury uh, feud.
0: Okay. Okay. And this is... So you're saying that the winner here could be... Is going to be next in line.
1: Yeah. Not necessarily next in... Well, I guess they could be next in line. But yeah, it puts them in contention. Like if, let's just say, Cameron Grimes wins, and let's just say Keith Lee holds on to his belt next week, but loses to Adam Cole in a couple of weeks after that, Grimes could be like, "Hey, sup champ? Like you having a rough, uh, rough go of things? Just so you know, I'll make things easier for you and just take that off your shoulder." And Then it's like, well, think about it. He beat Finn Balor. He beat Damian Priest. He went the distance with Finn in another match. It makes him credible.
0: Okay, you have this obsession with Cameron Grimes defeating Adam Cole in some form of fashion.
1: Didn't even mention Cameron Grimes beating Adam Cole.
0: <coughs> you did. In a roundabout right way, you did. No, I
1: didn't. You I did. literally just said, Keith Lee wins this but loses to Cole. And then Grimes pulls up on Keith Lee.
0: I didn't even go to the PWG playbook this time. Nah, but what you're saying is if Keith Lee wins the triple threat but loses his title to Adam Cole, that means Adam Cole won the winner take all match. Oh shit. That's but right. He, it is winner take all. Woo! Bloody. Um <laughs> But but you're saying that Adam Cole would drop the North American title to you see you, you believe in XC family. You see how he be sliding this shit in, man? <laughs> like you try to slide it in it's so sly, like Cameron Grimes is gonna come up here and beat all these. These people at the top.
1: (laughs) You know what? That was an honest mistake. I completely (laughs) forgot that that match was winner takes all. I completely forgot. That was an honest mistake there, sir. But to counter you, at least
0: it was for the North American title. And I didn't say it was for the NXT title. Fair. I I just don't, I literally don't see a way that they're going to put Kevin Grimes over the most dominant champion they have in the brand. I just can't see it. Unless there's Be, some shenanigans there. He beat Finn. <sighs> I don't care if priest attack Finn.
1: All the record book says is Cameron Grimes, Pin Finn Balor. One, two,
0: three. I hate that these are the facts. <laughs> I really hate that these are the facts. All right.
1: <sighs> <sighs> It's okay, man. It's all right. And speaking of facts, because I think we've talked enough about camera grinds for you, so we'll just get into some other facts real quick. Um, Zali and Aaliyah might as well be Tom and Jerry. Exactly. Facts. <laughs> Peter Griffin and the chicken, like Elmer Fudd and uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, the Road Runner and Wile E. Coyote. It's just always on site. For no reason. It's like, oh, we need to get another women's match on. Oh, we got to do something with Robert Stone this week. Screw it. Zali, Aaliyah, you're up. Let's go. Part 1000. And it was a
0: okay match. Yeah, not a bad match at all. And it was good to see Aaliyah finally, even though it was off of a random moment with uh, Stone throwing up in the ring and some of that projectile vomit Landing on Zia Lee, um, a- Aliyah finally got over the hump and got a pin on Zia Lee. Yes. Yes, she did. Even though she botched the roll up. She did. Was
1: that her fault or the ref's fault, though? No, that was her fault. The ref did his job because the shoulder clearly came up. So the ref did his job and stopped counting. Ooh. And was even like, yo, shoulders
0: <laughs> up. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I, I didn't go back and rewind that part, but I noticed it, and I was like, that was very awkward. I wonder what happened there. The, the ref should have just let that slide, though, right?
1: You know you know how we talk about how Rhonda's shoulder is up, and you can argue that that was on purpose, so you have mm-hmm. a door open for Rhonda's return pre-Becky pregnancy? Right. This was clearly a botch because, like, that shoulder was, like, up, up. Like, you knew that shoulder was up, <laughs>
0: Is that on Leo or is that on Zaya?
1: I mean, you're rolling her up. you
0: got to be able to fold her properly. No? Man, but Zaya knows the finish of the match, though. So.
1: And it looked like she went into it. All right, we'll make it
0: 50-50. We'll no. Oh, we'll, no.
1: we'll make it 45-45 with 10% on the ref because you wanted the ref just to count to three anyway.
0: Yeah, because it looks so awkward when she reset herself and you he restart the three count on live television. It's like, oh. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this is probably one of them times where you wish the show was
0: taped. Yeah, because it's like, okay, that was weird. That a re-roll up and no kick out, no nothing. She just lays there like there was some move that was done between there. That that looked bad. <laughs> like she at least should, like kicked her in the head or something. Then, <laughs> then did it again. Yeah, that probably
1: would have been a little bit better, but.
0: It's sad that like I can't. <laughs> It's sad that we notice these things now like even if we
1: weren't looking for it or weren't trying to like this one was just one of those where you just could not miss true and apparently Aaliyah is going to be robert stone's new climate i mean well
0: client seems like it, it definitely seems like that's where this is going to i don't i don't know why uh She's been really lobbying to be a part of the yellow. Oh, sorry, be a part of the Robert Stone brand. Um, but we'll see where this goes. I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how this would enhance Aaliyah because she's been putting on better matches these past few weeks. She's looked noticeably more in control in the ring, picking her spots better. So I don't know what Robert Stone would add to her outside of. Uh, just the mouthpiece.
1: That's probably what she needs is a legit mouthpiece. And maybe this gives Robert Stone something to do. Maybe you actually get Uh, a brand, like a little bit of a faction.
0: Gotta sign some more talent first. I don't know who else is out there for him. Or
1: maybe Chelsea Green rolls back around and is like, oh, you want to try to replace me with this second-rate act?
0: They're literally not doing anything else with Chelsea Green.
1: Hey, maybe she's allegedly headed to the main roster, but yeah, they're not doing anything, so they'll figure it out. They They do have to figure that out, out, though. Yeah, they got time. Is quarantine. Speaking of figuring things out, I really need to figure out what the hell they're doing with Timothy Thatcher in this Thatcher's Can wrestling school.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he. What he do to this week? He had some holds, wrist lock, Filt couple lock. of things. Yeah, really inflicting pain on the students, and then getting mad at them because um, he was going easy on them. Like it, this, this week was kind of lame. It's kind of lame, and it's like, okay, what? What is the next big feud? Who? What, like, are you going to have students come to the ring with you now? What's the goal?
1: Uh, yes like I don't know other than just to showcase how much of a dick and a brute Thatcher is I really don't know what else what we're doing with this but it's only week one so let's give him a little bit of time maybe let him flesh it out a little bit
0: yeah I want to give it time because I mean yeah (sighs) the the thing that sucks about that is that he has such a hard act to follow, if you know what I mean. Like the, the lion's den cage was like, that was a banger of a match. And it was just a a few short weeks ago. And Riddle gets to move on to new pastures with SmackDown. And it's like, okay, where do we go with Thatcher from here after that, like exceptional performance, like he's going to need the perfect dance partner to like, make this work. Yeah. And
1: this is just a way to stall it out and give Thatcher some time or give WDE some time to figure out where are we going with Thatcher? Who's going to challenge Thatcher?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Because really there's nothing to do for Thatcher, but you got to find some way to shift Thatcher into the North American title picture.
0: Yeah, that'd be a good spot.
1: So we'll just wait and see and give it some time. Let's get these promos
0: off. They'll be fun and entertaining. Yeah, it'd be actually good that that would actually be a good transitional North American champion if you had to get it off of somebody that's ideally at the top of the card, Thatcher wouldn't be a bad place to start.
1: Yeah, and actually I don't even think you really have to make Thatcher a transitional. You just put the belt on him, and just let him literally beat the brakes off of people until somebody steps up as a legit challenger. Say a Pete Dunn.
0: Boom. I think that's the feud that we're all waiting for, stature Pete Dunn. I'm here for it. (laughs) It'll be bloody Uh, brilliant. (laughs) It would. That would be money on so many different angles if they just let the guys have some time. Speaking of money...
1: And time, mainly time, I think a certain somebody might be on borrowed time. And it's not Mm -hmm. Adam Cole. I
0: believe it is the limitless one, Keith Lee. We were talking about things that have gone stale earlier. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Just saying. Only thing that's gone
1: stale with Keith Lee is them gray sweatpants and them damn pink-ass unarmored shoes he keep wearing. That's what's still, but okay, I see your point. But nonetheless, Keith Lee pulls up on Adam Cole backstage. Uh, that hourglass is just sitting there, and Keith Lee's just like, you know what? You ain't gotta worry about cross. You better worry about me.
0: And smashes the hourglass and walks off. Very bold move, I'd say. Very bold. I feel like that's gonna be a, a omen that comes back around the haunt, Keith Lee, very soon. Yep because Adam
1: Cole would go on out to the ring. But before Adam Cole did that, we had a little uh, undisputed therapy.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Roddy, Roddy Strong's been like driving himself insane over this Dexter Loomis stuff. He's seeing ghosts, seeing Dexter Loomis everywhere, having PTSD from being locked in the trunk at takeover in your house. (laughs) So they decide to hop in the limo and take him to see a therapist. And who's the therapist? It is um, Kyle O'Reilly, um, who Jacob beautifully pointed out looks just like Sherlock Holmes. Um, seems like he has no intent on shaving his, his beard at all. Hopefully staying healthy. Who is trying to talk Roddy off a ledge. Are, what, <laughs> what, let's, just, let's just go straight to this. Like, Is this a good angle to do with Roderick Strong? The fact that yes. he's just really <laughs> freaking out? Yes, it's perfect.
1: Because it's one of those where it's like, all right, we don't really have anything for the rest of UE to do. And it's like, we don't want to put the tag belts back on them. And Roddy is the perfect person to play that whole scared, freaked out. Because you could easily go back to this being Roddy doesn't want to go back to the trailer park. So Roddy's a little creeped out by Dexter Loomis because he feels like Dexter might be the reason he goes back to the trailer park.
0: Okay, I can see that. But how long
1: do how long does something like this last? You give it about a month until Roddy eventually
0: beats Loomis. So this, the blow-up here is a Loomis Roddy uh, another match between the two. Yeah, like you're gonna make Roddy face his fears. Maybe you throw him in a
1: cage with Loomis or some shit. You know. I can see that.
0: It'd be different it'd be very different to do something like that because um, and maybe even with Loomis uh, Velveteen like there's some type of number one contenders match for the tag titles there because I don't know if we're any closer to getting um, O'Reilly back working in the ring again
1: yeah not after somebody tested positive during taping so yeah Oh, yeah, I messed up everything for everybody. So, yeah. Don't think O'Reilly's coming back anytime soon. You kind of have Fish playing Coles number two. It works out perfect. I can get behind that.
0: Fish being like, hey,
1: man, pull it together. We got work to do for the champ, you know.
0: Undisputed air therapy session. I mean, I I thought it was hilarious him... Running off into the distance, um, just about the thought of seeing in the trunk. Because <laughs> they never really fleshed out how long they were in that trunk.
1: Nah, no, they just said a few hours, and then they came to at home.
0: Yeah, just dropped them off in the middle of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and then Cole leaves therapy, slides out to the ring, and basically it's like whatever. I ain't scared of nobody. I ain't scared of no ghosts. You just got here. You don't deserve me. You don't deserve a shot at my title. And like always, that is basically just a free invitation for everybody and their mama to come out and be like, yeah, but I do.
0: Exactly. So <clears throat> Keith Lee slamming the hourglass to the ground. He comes out, stakes his claim. And to my surprise, Johnny Gargano comes out um, making his known threats of, to Keith Lee's North American title after pinning him last week. And then Finn Balor, Finn Balor's just the badass in the company now. It's like, all right, you guys are talking about each other when you should be talking about me. I'm the boogeyman around here. Tells Keith Lee to his face about his message last week about stop playing house and I'm coming for that title because he never held it. And then he said he's coming straight for Adam Cole. Which leads us to William Regal. Saying we're gonna have a triple threat match real soon. Um next week. Winner next take week. all next and week it's yep. for the North American title.
1: Yep. And the winner will then go on to face Adam Cole on the July 8th
0: episode. And from there, that's also a winner take all match. Yes, it is. Bowser's.
1: So it looks like. You position as we're setting up for finally getting Cole versus Finn. I'm not so sure. Okay. Who are you thinking?
0: I think it's
1: going to be Johnny Wrestling.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you got to explain this one because that's what we got all of last year.
1: Well, here's the reasoning behind it. Keith Lee smashed hourglass, right?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So, and later in the show, they show Scarlett walking up to the hourglass, squatting down, looking at it, and then they show Cross's foot stepping on it, and Scarlett's face changing. So, now that tells me that Keith Lee is in Cross's crosshairs. Very true. Like, Cross has a little bit of business to tend to next week, which we'll get into in a second. But after that, I think it's going to be a big man versus big man Hoss fight coming. Okay. And since the winner of, well, since the winner of this match takes on Cole in a winner-takes-all match, and we talked about how it's too early to put a title on Cross, it makes perfect sense to get the belt up off of Keith Lee next week. And Logic says, sure, we'll go back to the Prince. But here's my counter to that. Why are you going to shoot your shot and put on arguably the biggest match that you could put on with nobody around and and on a random ass Wednesday? And I have your answer. Ratings ain't that bad. Look, ratings are trash across the board. So
0: no, it has has nothing to do with ratings. All right. What you got? I, I saw this right away. It has nothing to do with ratings. And it's because AEW is doing Fighter Fest on that day. Fighter Fest is pretty much a pay per view that they're going to be having on Wednesday when they normally host Dynamite, but it's going to be two consecutive Wednesdays. Uh, and I want to say the 8th is the first day. Then there's the following week, the 15th. So to combat the first night of Fighter Fest, they want to have this big winner take all match. And I think that's where. Like, finally, Finn Balor does get the North American title, and then it's like, all right, we're going to do Finn Balor versus Adam Cole, which is going to be this big-ass champion versus champion match to take viewership away from AEW Fighter Fest. That's why I say that.
1: So, I hear you. But... To hell with... I hate counter-programming. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. It exists. I'm aware of it, but I hate it. Because you are literally screwing yourself in the long run. Just to say that you might get a short-term win. And every time I think of counter-programming, you know what I think of? What do you think of? Shivani going, oh, and on the other channel, Mick Foley is set to win the WWF title on a pre-recorded episode. That'll definitely put some butts in the seats. Oh, it puts <clears throat> some butts in the seats because everybody hit switch,
0: previous channel. Like, no. That's what people be doing in these streets, though, man. You already know it exists. So, I mean, I, I think it's naturally 100% going to happen that way. But here's the caveat. And like I said, I don't agree with counter-programming like that. But the caveat here is that they run the match, right? Mm-hmm. Just to get the viewers in. but. It's not gonna. It's supposed to be a winner-take-all match, but we're not going to get a winner. Like I don't believe we're going to get a winner. I don't believe we're going to book ourselves into a corner with um, Adam Cole being a double champ or Finn Balor being a double champ. That and I know makes I said, it even worse. Well, I mean, I think you want to give Finn Balor some play with that title, um, and I think eventually he does come for the world title. But I think you make it a bigger moment, like you said, than just a Wednesday night but you got to have the allure to get people to tune in. So it's like, you make the match.
1: We're in the middle of a pandemic. Need I remind everybody, nobody gives a damn. Like the ratings are in the tank across the board for everything because it's reaching that point where people are like cashed out from media. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, cool. You know what? AEW's going to do their big whole little fighter fest thing, which is possibly pre-tape because I think the convention is in a week or so. If they're still even having like people around, but anyway, all right, cool. We'll kind of program it just like we did when AEW Dynamite launched. You threw every last title on the line that night. Cool. I get it. All right, whatever. So you're going to have Finn win the North American title. You get a week and a half, <clears throat> two weeks of uh, build up. And then you mean to tell me that your biggest match you can put out. Ends on some shenanigans with an undecisive winner. You know how pissed off everybody in their mama would be. Still gonna watch, yeah. But here's the problem if you because you're really doing this for numbers into counter AEW, you're just setting it up for them to one up you. It's like you're pulling up on the break and shooting a three knowing that you have nobody back to rebound and knowing that that shot is probably going to go long if you miss. So all it does is set the other team up for transition.
0: So let me let me interject a little bit, because I don't think you're setting it up for failure per se. But let's say, because we, we know we have a couple matches next week already, and this is mm-hmm. how we set this up. The North American title match is next week. We also know Karen Cross will be in action next week. Um, I feel like because you said it's going to be two big behemoths fighting each other. I agree. What if Karrion is the one that shows up and costs Keith Lee the title? And by the way, I think Finn is actually going to be the one to pin um, Keith Lee off of this distraction. So another thing you could do in this moment, even though you have the smoke and mirrors of no winner in that match, I still believe that Karen is going to continue fucking with Adam Cole. I, I, just because our class hourglass got broken. I don't think that's going to deter him from showing up during that match between Finn and uh, Cole. But when Finn and, or when Karrion shows up, Keith Lee also shows up, which starts that feud. And then you just have these guys fighting in the ring and stuff like that. And that's how you go off the air. You go off the air that way with these like new feuds starting with no definitive winner, so you gotta run it back. But you also have this other eye candy here that is Keith Lee and carrying Cross.
1: So you're like, screw it, we'll just roll cross in there and we'll just, you know, let him wreck shop, basically.
0: Yeah. Like somehow the fighting between Keith Lee and Carrion spills into the ring. So you get a disqualification that way and both champions remain the same type of thing. I think that's how that'll play out somehow. Okay, so that sets up Lee and Cole. No, it sets up Lee and Cross because they'll No, what uh, you still got
1: to do. Winners take all. You still got to do winners take all.
0: That's what I'm saying. I don't think there'll be a winner. I think it'll.
1: Yeah. So if there's not a, there technically is a winner. It's Keith Lee retains by disqualification or no contest. Keith oh, no, Lee I'm, still leaves with the belt.
0: I'm, I'm two weeks ahead of you. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm saying Finn takes the belt next week. Okay. Because Cross distracts Keith Lee. Okay, okay, I got you. Keith Lee then tries to get his revenge during the winner-take-all match between Cole and Finn, which we want a dusty finish right there, so Finn keeps his belt, Cole keeps his belt, and then you flesh out Keith Lee and Cross from there. Here's the problem with that. That (sighs) makes Keith Lee a heel. No, Keith Lee's coming to make the the save and attack Cross for costing him the North American title. Yeah, but... Oh, so you're saying Cross slides through first? Yeah, Cross is sliding through first. I feel like he's still gonna wanna fuck with Adam Cole because he's like, he has an eye on the title. That's what what the Hourglass was for originally. All right, I can see that, but God, that's a lot of moving parts. And
1: again, you're wasting your load on like your best opportunity. It seems like a. uh... Let me put it like this You're putting yourself in an unnecessarily difficult position. You can easily get out of it and navigate it. But it's like you're making it more difficult than necessary. Sure, sure. But when
0: does WWE ever simplify things?
1: You know, there's the Kiss Kim method: keep it simple, stupid, and keep it moving.
0: True. But we, we here on Believe in NXT, we know uh, Jacob Lawrence is always normally right. As I enter a new year of life, <laughs> this is my turn. <laughs> <laughs> This is my turn. So WWE, if you're listening, we know we got scouts to listen to the Believe in NXT podcast. My cash app is dollar size. Cedric Weldon. You can find me on Venmo at Cedric Weldon. This is going to happen. I guarantee this is how this is going to play out.
1: (laughs) All right. You know what? I wasn't going to do this because your birthday was just the other day. But you feel so confident. How about this? If this North American title match doesn't play out, how you say, let's just say you got to start the next Saturday morning audio dope with like a three minute apology to Cameron Grimes. Whoa, whoa. What?
0: This, these, those things are not one in the same.
1: You you feel it this confident that you just guaranteed it. So.
0: So you're telling me if Finn Balor's not the North American champion. No, no. Cause cause if, that, cause that, that pretty much just mess, messes up my whole theory.
1: If Cross doesn't roll through and causes chaos, I'll even give you the out of Gargano taking advantage of the chaos. But if Cross doesn't roll through and cause chaos with Keith Lee because Lee smashed the hourglass, because you're so confident in it.
0: Well, what if, uh, what, but, but what if, but what if still wins title? No, it doesn't matter
1: doesn't no, no, happen that way. No, no, you're stuck on the cross coming through because cross comes through, which leads to Lee coming through to get cross because cross is still coming for Cole.
0: I, I don't see what's wrong with that. You know what? I'll take that bet. Like I'll you're hinging it. everything on carrying and cross. Well, I, at first I'm saying when's gonna, Finn is going to win the title regardless. I still believe that. But do I feel like you... I, I mean, how daunting would it be if uh, Finn came in and smoked both of these guys clean? That's why I'm saying... We already know that Cross is going to get some payback for Keith Lee breaking that hourglass. I feel like that makes the most sense for him to uh, cause some distraction next week since they'll both be on NXT uh, Live next Wednesday. Um, So yeah, I'll take that bet. I'm confident in myself. Why not?
1: All All right. We all heard it here. All right. So we talked about something. Because we only got a few more things to wrap up for NXT. Basically, actually, we'll go ahead and get one out of the way real quick. Speaking of Keith Lee, after this whole little bit, Keith Lee's seen in the back. and uh, Because Keith Lee told Gargano, I care more about your wife than you did. I held her in my arms and I almost cried and felt sorry. Which, like we talked about on the previous show, I still need to know how that ride home was. But it looks like everything is smoothed out. Because Candice uh, LeRae approached Keith Lee in the back and was like, really? Like, really? Don't you dare. And uh, Keith Lee was basically just like, you might want to turn around. And who's behind Candace LeRae? Me and Yim in some short jean shorts, a nice little tank top, and these damn Tims, man.
0: <laughs> it's always the Tims. It's always the Tims. But looks like the car ride home was a little bit... Look, Looks like they fleshed all that out <laughs> in, in private. Cause Maybe. That was the, what we wanted to know. Was... How Keith was going to handle that with Mia. Another thing I wanted to point out from the last segment is um, Adam Cole with a little Freudian slip there saying, uh, Killian Cross. Hey, you hey. catch that?
1: No, actually, I didn't, but you know, that should just tell you how stupid Karrion Cross is.
0: Yeah, he was like, Killian, Killian, Cross. then he stopped himself and was like, Karrion Cross.
1: You know, he could just play it off as he was that shook, you know.
0: I was like, "Oh, look at that!" <laughs> he wanted to call him Killer Cross so bad,
1: so so bad, and I don't blame him.
0: So yeah, me me and Yem beat the brakes off Candice LeRae in the back. Uh, we cut to commercial after that. We come back and we have tag team rest. No, sorry, not tag team rest. We have singles action with Caden Carter taking on Dakota Kai. Of course, Casey Zero is flagging her tag team partner, Caden. And of course, Big Mama Cool flagging Dakota Kai. Here we go again <laughs> with the secondary fuse that the main roster does not have. Um, good to see Caden Carter in action finally getting some airtime Comes up short, um, actually loses by submission. Um and then Raquel Gonzalez doing her thing on the outside, attacking Casey, and also um, I think she gave some work to Caden too, which allows Dakota Kai to pick up the win. This is this is good for Dakota Kai, right? This can only mean that she's the logical person to face Io Shirai first, right?
1: Well, I would have said yes until the end of NXT, which we'll get into in a second, but. The Kota is looking good, looking strong, establishing her as a heel, and establishing Big Mama Cool as a threat to always just go upside your head at any given moment. Yeah, and, I mean that's all we need the heater to do is just be there and be a heater, and don't look dumb. Like she never looks dumb. They've protected her, and even in her matches when she takes offense, she sells well. She handles her role well. I mean, Big Mama Cool is perfect. Like I said, this is a Raquel Gonzalez stand club. I said I was going to start it in a couple of months. I'm starting it now.
0: Yeah. I mean, her her taking out uh, Casey led to the roll-up from Kai. Caden kicks out. And the transition into that submission was, was smooth.
1: Yeah, I don't think we really appreciate exactly how nice in the ring Dakota Kai is. Right. Like, I know a lot of the praise in the women's division rightfully goes to Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim to a lesser extent. But uh, Kai and Knox, they can go as well. Right. So, yeah, that transition was real smooth and crisp. And I loved how she held on to it after the bell, just to add that extra level of being a heel. Sell it. Sell the hell out of it. And uh, speaking of Big Mama Cool, you know what would be perfect for, like, her next singles match? If they gave her the jackknife for a finisher.
0: Ooh, that would be nice. But it's like, I want to know that she can execute it without somebody getting hurt, though.
1: Like, hey, call Big Sexy up. Talk to him. Get his blessings. Have her put in some work at the PC. In like the next match, let's say, since she got a little rough with Casey, uh, let's just say next week or so, Big Mama Cool and mm-hmm. Casey, spike that ass real quick. Ooh, you want Casey to take that bump? Ooh. She's the perfect okay. person. She's small. Yeah. En- she's small enough. She is flexible enough. She has the background where she can protect herself. Even if it like somehow doesn't look right. She has enough of an athletic background and Ninja Warrior background where she can tuck and take a fall. Sure. Why not? I can see this.
0: I can see this, you know.
1: Like I said, she's small. Big Mama Cool is big. Let her spike her.
0: (laughs) Ooh. And then it will look so deadly just because the size differential. Exactly. I'm with that. You want a heater? That's how you get your heater over, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. It'll look like so... So egregious but she got Jack Knight power bomb by that woman. And I'm a pop on my couch. Uh all right. I'm with it. I'm with it. I actually want to see it now. <laughs> I actually want to see that now. Cause it's gonna look so nasty seeing this hundred-pound woman get thrown into the canvas like that.
1: Just driven. And for those that have never seen a proper Jack Knight powerbomb, please, YouTube, like Kevin Nash. Jackknife because there's a difference between a power bomb and a jackknife power bomb.
0: So yeah. I mean a power bomb would look like psycho SIDs. Yep. And then uh, we're not talking very much Undertaker's last ride either. Which is a
1: elevated power bomb. We're not talking a Batista bomb. Like a jackknife is literally I pick you up, I flip you, and I more or less just let you land wherever you land. <laughs>
0: Right. It's like a like, free fall.
1: Yeah, like there might be a little bit of guidance if I want to put a little extra oomph on it, but you're going wherever you just land, so.
0: Yeah, I'm with that. And to bring it back, you got the whole uh, HBK diesel thing going on, that would that would really help her character out a lot. I'm
1: just saying. Hey, WWE, as soon as you get done with all the furloughs and everything situated, I can slide down I-75 real quick to full sell and PC. We can work out some deal. And, you know, right on creative. Give me the women's division. Watch us make magic.
0: Exactly. And something that actually is a little overlooked is the... Uh, oh, no, it's not. Okay, I was going to say we had back-to-back women's matches, but it might as well have been back-to-back. We had... <laughs> we had two things in between. We had Bronson Reed, um, who we last seen get nerfed by Karrion Cross, come out to the ring and he came out first. His opponent, leader of the Black Jabra Elite,
1: Leon, Leon Ruff, Ruff,
0: baby. Who had... A whole entrance, Titantron, music, and was fired up on his way to the ring. Fired up, came down, stomping the, the ring apron, rubbing the feet off, came in the ring, just just hyped.
1: Yeah, man! Yeah, I'm still here! Yeah! I was like, oh man, I feel good. And I'm also watching this like, oh, he finna die.
0: So that, here's, the, here's my problem with this, man, because like, we, we know the role. Uh, we, we talk about the Black Jabra elites every single week. We know their role on the show. Bronson Reed don't deserve no damn squash match. <laughs> like, you telling me this guy that was just in the NXT breakout tournament months ago, he didn't win the tournament, didn't go far, hasn't had a lot of wins on his resume, just all, all of a sudden, he gets squashed somebody? Two moves and you out of here? Really? Come on, man. Like, be let's be real. Let's be real. Like, we, we could have threw somebody else in there that was, like, a little bit above the tier that he could have got a nice win over. It could have been, like, CM um, Gallagher, Swerve Scott, Tony Nese. Whoa, you know?
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Let me just stop you right there. What we not fit to do is sacrifice the good brother Swerve Scott. For a squash match or even a match that is like 70-30. We are not gonna put the good brothers first guy. in that situation. Okay,
0: I, I didn't I'm just saying it could have been 60-40, but Bronson Reed still wins. It could have been t- Tony Neese, it could be any of the Cruiserweights. Oh, Yeah, you can
1: throw Tony Nees in that. I really don't care. He ain't he hadn't won a TV match in like a year.
0: That's what I'm saying. It could have been any of these guys, but it's like to do like I said, do a sixty-forty match, something like that. But to have Bronson Reed have a squash match against Leon Ruff. And the goal was this for him to call out Karrion Cross for a match next week, which he did. And we know damn well he getting squashed against Karrion Cross next week. What's the purpose? <laughs> that man ain't getting no offense next week against Karrion Cross. You can book it. Maybe he gets a little bit. Oh uh he might get uh a flurry of punches, something like that. He ain't gonna get no moves off. But, but but he he warned to the squash. See, this is what pisses me off, man. This like really angers me. It's like these breakout tournament guys getting squash matches. Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes getting squash matches out here against Block Jobber Elite. I won't stand for it.
1: No, no. It's just the the squash matches are for your next stars. <laughs> hey man. I'm just happy to see my man's on TV. And we gotta hold down the black job
0: elite. We do gotta hold down the black job elite. So I, I ain't mad. Let them let them get it. Let them get it off. Just crazy. They give a squash match to everybody these days. They don't Again, mean nothing.
1: man. Again, you gotta put the black job elite on TV. Now we could just get the black Rick Steiner out here.
0: I'd be good. Oh, Leon roughly in the pack now. He get getting them checks.
1: Oh yeah. he NXT main event 205 Live Raw SmackDown. Like, I think we might need to make these Black Job elite shirts a thing and send one to Leon and see if we can get it on TV, baby.
0: If we can get a black job or elite shirt and make it like the job squad script font.
1: That could be, uh, be kinda dope. If we get a Black Job Elite shirt on NXT TV, or even like a reference from Leon Ruff on Twitter, you ain't gonna tell us nothing. Well, <laughs> walk into Believes' office, rip my contract up, and go. Let's renegotiate,
0: shall we? Yeah, we're about to start working on that. This is the thing, like, and I think we can use. Uh it's a perfect. It's Juneteenth, so it's perfect that we're talking about this now. <laughs> I actually use the black colors, of course, but Same. I would want it to be the Job Squad font and change job to BJE. Yeah,
1: hey, we, we make this work. we we going to talk about this. It's
0: going to <laughs> be a thing. And the, a and the, and certain superstar don't necessarily have to wear the shirt, but if these uh, performance center people in the audience, behind the plexiglass, you see a couple of Black jobber Elite shirts just floating around in there. Mm. Getting off all the slander on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all of it.
1: Yep. And, um, all right, so before we get into the main event, well... Let's go ahead and knock out the last little bit of tidbit before we get into the main event and something that you want to talk about. Uh your favorite, Mr. No Longer Mid himself, Santos Escobar, came through with uh Wild and um Mendoza. I swear I can never remember both of them together. It's always one or the other. But, you know, the Mexican cartel came through and uh Escobar looking nice in a suit, had a little um, suspenders on underneath, looking clean. Came through, speaking perfectly good English. And it's just like, hey man, I'm gonna redo Lucha Libre. We run the cruiserweights, we run NXT, and uh, yeah.
0: talk about making the other two guys leaders too. And how he's been, his dad was a leader. He's been a leader everywhere he's been. He said he's been a bit. That shocked me that he's been in the business twenty years.
1: I knew he was around for at least ten. Didn't realize it was that deep. Yeah. But then again, in Mexico, you started like fifteen, sixteen,
0: right? So he's also saying that uh, he was considered the greatest uh, lucha libre star, luchador of all time, which I'm sure mal- just made you so happy. Malarkey, <laughs> malarkey. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I mean, it was a good promo. But the only thing that, like, makes me cringe about this is that I really, I think we talked about it last week, I I really don't think Drake Maverick is the right uh, protagonist for the story, man. He came out, got his hits in, was scrappy, talked about having um, more more guts or more heart than brains, and then the attack is on, he gets beat up, gets, uh, what do you call his finisher?
1: Um... It's like a Mitchell Knuckle driver.
0: driver. Phantom driver. Yeah, the phantom driver. Phantom driver through the table. Um, What was even weirder to me is when we cut to commercial and came back, they're, they're taking Maverick by stretcher into the ambulance with that. Who's with them? Jake Atlas. So this, like, Jake Atlas, like, fan love is still going on. So maybe Jake Atlas unifies with him against this new threat. But it's like, it doesn't seem like Maverick is going to be the guy to topple this uh, this new trio.
1: No, but you know what it does? It makes Drake Maverick entertaining. It gives Drake Maverick something to do. Because remember how I said, if you sit here and you sign Drake Maverick, and then you don't do a damn thing with him mm-hmm. that is going to look horrible on your part right hey man why not throw him in this feud it'll help establish escobar as a viable hill it'll get wild and um damn see mendoza i literally just did it it'll help get them over maybe build them up as a tag team or wherever you're gonna go with that so perfect and again drake maverick if you watched him in impact slash tna You know that he can go when he was Rockstar's butt, but but also, and I think everybody's seen this over the Cruiserweight tournament, and now, he can tell a story with his face. Like, the man's facial expressions are priceless. Even when he was running, trying to get the 24-7 title, priceless facial expressions. Like, I think I sent you a screenshot of, like, one match when he won, and his face was just, like, perfect. So, hey, you establish Drake Maverick. You establish the title. It gives Escobar something to do. You can drag it out almost as long as necessary. And you mentioned Atlas. You can easily slide Atlas in once you're done with Drake until we get Devlin back. And that's if we get Devlin back because this is something you want to talk about, so you want to just go ahead and slide into it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, I think this is going to be a thing. Um, before we talk about the main event, um, I noticed the ring that I'm watching back right now on Escobar's finger. hmm I think that's going to be a thing that is used because we're talking about counter-programming and all this other type of stuff. If you do watch Dynamite on Wednesday nights, you notice that their top hill, MJF, used a ring to get a victory this past week, and this whole thing around Cody Rhodes has kissed the ring, so... We're going back to old Ric Flair tactics where people are using brass nuts and rings to knock people out and finish matches. I think that big rock on his finger is going to be a thing. Um, main event, Shotzi, Blackheart, Tegan Knox taking on the Boston Hug Connection for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Um, great match. And I think Bailey as well as Sasha, starting to slowly become my favorite heels in the company. They're just doing it right. Being <laughs> snarky being kind of obnoxious, overbearing, and putting the work in when it matters. Bailey doing Shotzi's how is gold. Like, doing her how, making fun of her throughout the match and promos, whatnot like that, was awesome. I think this was a good match to make Shotzi and Tegan both look established. I know you just mentioned Tegan uh, and Dakota Kai being kind of that next tier of people that we don't talk about enough. And we already know Shotzi has has all this hype around her and they just have perfect dance partners in Bailey and Sasha. The ending of the match was what it was supposed to be. One thing we're noticing is that as tag team champions, it's usually Sasha finishing these matches, which you can speculate and lead to the long-term storytelling that, okay, eventually they're going to break up and it'll be Bailey's fault. Cause Bailey lost the titles and Sasha will be mad and whatever. Um, And before the pod, we actually listened to some of these backstage promos with Bailey and Sasha um, just heating whoever the backstage announcer is because they said they don't know who she is or whatever. And also, Tegan and Shotzi saying they want the smoke again. So what do we think about the growing women's tag team division? Is it here to stay? Is it a flash in the pan just to get this feud off between Bailey and Sasha? I guess where do all parties go from here?
1: I think it's a growing thing because again, a good chunk of your star power was like, screw you guys, I'm going home. hmm Due to COVID, like you're getting Bray and the Fiend back. Well, you got Bray and the Fiend back on SmackDown. We don't know how long that is considering how he just had a child. Maybe it's just going to be a bunch of pre-tapes. So it's like you're lacking star power. And Bailey and Sasha, two of your biggest names on the roster. And it's like, oh, we have these belts, like I mentioned on the preview show this week, so you might as well use them. And NXT does a great job of fleshing out their other women, like we discussed. You have the Iconics. Looks like you're getting Liv Morgan and Natalya, or Natty and Lana. Hashtag let Lana Russell
0: so I can fall asleep. So Thank you, why not? for throwing that in. I was definitely going to say that in a second.
1: <laughs> so why not, you know, just go ahead and do it. Use these belts as a vehicle and maybe you break up Sasha and Bailey. If not, at least you establish women's tag teams for whenever those belts come off of them. You have viable tag teams. You don't just basically put those belts on somebody and you only see them as props.
0: Okay. See, and I'm I, I I'm with you on all of that, but I don't want to see Bailey and Sasha broken up. Neither do they're I. At this point, let it just let it be. Yeah, it's 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 like dare I say they're more obnoxious and funny than the iconics.
1: No, they're not. They're close, but no,
0: they're pretty close. Pretty close. Backstage promos, wouldn't I like that? Um, I'm, I'm feeling it. So it's like I, I want to see them be. Tag champs as often as possible. Um, we we knew that Shotzi and Teagan weren't going to take the titles off Boston Hug or Golden Role Models, whatever you want to call them. It was just a way to establish new tag teams, and now we're on the bigger fish to fry because they are going to take on the Iconics on Monday. Um, this is a this is also a good way to get Teagan and not Teagan and Shotzi away from Kai and Gonzalez as well done very subtly. Yeah,
1: it is. And they work as a tag team. They do. So I'm here for more of it.
0: Do you think it's necessary to actually just have a women's tag team division in NXT or is that, or is not, it's not enough. I don't see why you wouldn't.
1: You kind of have deep
0: enough of a roster. Are we including the UK or just, just regular NXT?
1: Well, we're going to count regular NXT right now because everybody in the UK is stuck in the UK. So let's just look at the NXT roster right now. Aaliyah can easily partner with somebody in the Robert Stone brand. Maybe Chelsea Green comes back around because they need to do something with Chelsea Green so she doesn't get lost in the shuffle if she He's gets called up to Raw. You have Dakota Kai and Big Mama Cool. You have the other two forgotten members of the four um, MMA horsewomen. Kaden Carter and Casey. You have a returning Mercedes Martinez lingering in the distance, so she could easily be paired with, oh, I don't know, Aaliyah, if you don't want to use Chelsea Green, or Candice LeRae, if you want to make Mercedes a heel. So, yeah, you, you got the room. And that leaves you the likes of Candice LeRae, Zia Lee, Scarlett, if she gets in the ring, because she can go, Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim. That leaves you five women to challenge and chase
0: after Eel Shirai. That makes sense. So why not? You know, one thing that's always, like been a pet peeve is that and i'm happy they have the women's tag team titles and they can be defended across all three brands it's like there should be at least one secondary women's title we have the ic we have the united states and we have two world titles we also have 24 7 title now just out of nowhere there should at least be another um Secondary women's title. I don't know what you would call it. That's what I was going to say. What is it like? The women's
1: intercontinental title? Yeah, something. The women's TV title? The Mae Young title?
0: Yeah, this is why. And this is how you can have other feuds away from the two top belts and have use of all your talent.
1: And this is my counter. Do you need a belt just to have a feud?
0: No, you don't. You don't. And the Braun Smackdown brands have to be way better at utilizing their women's superstars to have those secondary feuds. But maybe a belt would help in the case of some of these forgotten stars who've been called up that we just don't get to see at all anymore. That's my only issue.
1: Hell, maybe cutting down from five older segments to three or two would help also, but you know. True,
0: true. And, what, and this thing that sucks is you would think that, Separating and splitting the brands would help, but it hasn't.
1: Yeah, it hasn't because of, well, mainly because pandemic. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like adding another belt devalues and cheapens every
0: other belt. And we, to, we thought that about the 24-7 title, and it's been...
1: I mean, we knew that was a cheap trick from Jaunt, though.
0: Yeah. It, it, the 24-7 ch- title's kind of held it down a little bit, depending on who's holding it.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it's just... Something has to give. Yeah. It's like, that was a, that was the purpose of the women's tag team title, was to be a secondary belt for the women. It kept Alexa Bliss on TV. It keeps certain people around. And then it just, okay, let's just say, cool, we're going to do the women's IC title. And it's like, because eh, then it just becomes another forgotten belt because what will happen is you'll throw it on a Shayna, you'll throw it on a Bianca Belair, and then you won't see them again. Now they're just at home with a belt.
0: True. True. Which is why I, I'm thinking of it as a vessel to build up other stars, which is desperately needed right now. Um, I don't know. Just need more secondary feuds. Secondary, like true secondary feuds. I don't want to see any about more battle royals or anything like that. Just put the women on TV.
1: Like, all. literally, it could be so simple as somebody, and I hate that I have to play into this, like, stereotype, but somebody in the back just talking... And one of them just walking up and slapping the takes out the other one's mouth because simply, I don't like you. And Mm -hmm. then we can flesh it out from there, but at least we're off and running.
0: I'm right there with you.
1: and That wraps up NXT for this week we got a few things set up for next week North American title triple threat we have Cross versus um Thick Boy Bronson Reed i believe there may have been one other match announced we're getting another week of Thatcher's wrestling school it'll be the North American triple threat yep
0: but <laughs> the North American triple threat that if my plan does not unfold exactly how i said according to Jacob that I will give a 3 minute apology to Cameron Grimes or your next edition of Audio Dope. Um, and I'm going to take this seriously too. I'll actually write out the apology and give specific facts. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it don't go the way I say it go with Karrion Cross causing distraction for Keith Lee to actually take this L from Finn Bal.
1: i I told you, you it ain't even got to be Finn winning. It's just Cross has to come into play.
0: That's fair. But I do believe Finn is gonna be the one to win because he he's talking up this whole I've never held the belt type of thing. All right. So that's but, that's the bet.
1: So before we get out of here, you wanna address the current ongoings of wrestling Twitter? <sighs>
0: Oh, ah, you know, we talked so much about NXT because it was such a full show. I forgot about that. But if you in case you haven't been living under a rock or you don't have social media, you know, there is a hashtag going around called speaking out and speaking out is a way for um, your superstars across the world, not just in these top promotions to vent about things that have affected them in the workplace, which ooh, <laughs> ooh, we found out some stuff yesterday, man. I mean. One, I'll I'll note that one thing is completely out of pocket. I guess um, Carmella said something to Corey Graves on their relationship podcast about um, golden showers, and everybody completely took that out of control. Like, that was not Carmella insinuating that she likes that or that's a part of their relationship. She just mentioned the term and started laughing. Wrestling Twitter needs to chill the hell out. Um, But as far as speaking out, um, we learned about... Jim Cornette and his wife being sexual predators and forcing individuals into sexual acts in order to obtain contracts in OVW, which is very disgusting. <laughs> if you're a young male being told to, and if you you can just go look at the hashtag, man, I mean, what was the last hashtag that made me uncomfortable? Um, wrestling Not Twitter Morgan. after dark. Nope. Yep. We're, we're like, you don't want to go see wrestling Twitter after dark at all. Um, but if you want to educate yourself, all the wrestling publications are talking about this because there's some notable names in there. Um, a few that come to mind, there was accounts with Travis banks, Joe Coffey, uh, Jordan Devlin, Joey Ryan. Uh, something came out about Matt Riddle today. A lot of the stars, um, with very aggressive accounts of, um, Relationship and sexual abuse to women in the wrestling industry, and even some accounts of men who had some very nasty accounts with fans, uh, as well as the bad accounts with Jim Cornette and his wife. All this to say, um, I know the wrestling community as a whole isn't bad. Sometimes us fans can be the worst part of the wrestling community, but hoping that all those women were able to feel vindicated and telling their truth and their stories, and hopefully all this, like, bad in the field itself shields out yep
1: and just to add a couple quick sentence to this this is all allegedly however it matters of sexual assault and everything you really don't gain cool points by being the dick that's like did they really do it or are they just looking for attention right. so let's just leave it at that the fact that these names have come out from multiple women in a few cases should tell you enough and interestingly enough rvd Rob Van Dam, yes, that RVD, tweeted about 30 minutes ago, so the Me Too movement has infiltrated pro wrestling. Spells out fuck, and he's like, this is like mobsters speaking out on infractions of the law they've encountered. It comes, a, It's come a long way from the closed-door society it once was, but karma has a way of catching up with the shrug emoji. And I've been trying to read this for the past five minutes and figure out exactly what RVD is saying, Because it kind of reads as if he's like, really? Like, you're just going to
0: turn your back on the culture? Yeah, a little insensitive for the time it is. And, and you know, it's important that we're talking about this because we've been laser focused on um, anti-racism and battling racism in this country. But you can't turn a blind eye to stuff like this because these people are telling their truth these are things that have affected them personally. And like, we know how hard it is to finally speak up the truth. Once you've had one of those encounters, cause you're, you're like really shocked. Exactly. You're shocked. You don't know really how to verbalize it. You don't know. And a lot of these times, these are young upstart um, wrestlers with career aspirations. And they're like, well, I don't want to look at the person that just belittled or ruined this person's career. What if nobody believes me? What if nobody cares? And, The point is, we all care. Um, We all want to clean this up. We all want to be allies and help. So the more stories there are, we encourage all of the women and men, if you've had some cases, to share these stories because it helps shed a light on something that needs to end.
1: Exactly. And just uh, one last quick thing on RVD. You could also, and this is how I'm taking this tweet, is him saying basically like, I'm glad that we've reached the point where we can call these things out and that it was only a matter of time before karma caught up with some of you people. Going to choose to err on the side of Rob Van Dam not being a dick? And RVD being like, yep, you know. Uh So... Again, like you said, this is important for us, two black men coming out to address this and take the time to end our show with this. When we've been screaming Black Lives Matter for the past few episodes, and we will continue to do it because while we're sitting here saying Black Lives Matter, we're looking and trying to explain the concept of allyship to non black people. Who are we to just be like, oh, okay, well, there's women in the wrestling industry and community who are coming out with these reports and, um, I don't want to say allegations, these stories of these incidents of alleged sexual assault and misconduct for we to just ignore it and not address it. Exactly. So if you have these reports, you have these incidents, you have these stories, by all means, share them, tell them. It is how you make these things less taboo and more normal. Right. Sharing is how we defeat it. Exactly. Because if you don't speak up, it essentially is a win for those people. Not saying you have to speak up if you don't want to or if you're not ready to.
0: And confide in a friend. Like, if you don't feel comfortable putting it on the internet yet, confide in a friend. Um, I've always been told that if you're carrying something really heavy, that you need to get off your chest the more you confide in one person at a time, it gets easier to confide in more as you go, so you don't have to carry that weight by yourself exactly
1: exactly and I believe that is uh, the best place to end this
0: yeah, I guess that's been your Saturday Morning Audio Dope, that's Believe in NXT podcast. I'm Cedric, that's Jacob Man, I stole it? my whole Bit to close the show
1: Oh, that, that Okay, I thought I was going to change it you're good Just <laughs> you
0: didn't, find, didn't realize we discussed this Beforehand I apologize Oh, uh, <laughs> You can find Jacob on Twitter at Underscore J Della You can find me on Twitter at said Says That's ce Underscore S-A-Y-S Follow the Believe in NXT uh, Twitter handle as well Where we're going to start being More and more active on that bad boy Maybe we'll bring up some more content We'll continue to talk about How the stadium stampede is undefeated And my last words on today's podcast Will be Arrest the cops that murdered Brianna Taylor
1: You know what? I was just gonna let it ride, but again, arrest the cops that murdered Breonna Taylor, filing proper charges, this is a movement, not a moment. Just because you don't see it on TV doesn't mean the work isn't being done to And we're out.